Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Lord, tonight we give you praise. We've come to remember the sacrifice that you paid for each of us. And so, God, we pray that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your Spirit's power. God, would you open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand what you would speak to us. God, I pray that tonight as we reflect on the sacrifice of your Son, that it will move us to emotion. God, I pray for those that have come in tonight who don't have a relationship with you, that tonight would be that night. God, for those who are watching online who've not made a commitment to follow after you, I pray that tonight would be that night where they become a follower of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give God praise one more time this evening as you're seated. Thank you, worship team. Well, I'm so glad that each of you are able to join us in person and also online for our Good Friday evening service. Last year, we had to do this completely online, and so I'm grateful that we're able to do both venues tonight in person and online. Honestly, this day in history was one of the darkest days ever. It was a day that an innocent man laid down his life for all of mankind. We've been in a series the last number of weeks called The Journey to the Cross, and we are here at this moment tonight. We're at the moment where Jesus is about to lay down his life for all mankind. We're at the moment in the journey where he's beaten and hung upon the cross. I'm going to ask that you would turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 52, also Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to look at a prophecy of what was to come on Good Friday evening, Isaiah chapter 52. Listen, I want to tell you, your kids are welcome here tonight, so I want all of you to be at ease. I will talk louder than them. If I hear them peep up, I'll just raise my intensity even higher. So I just want you to know we're glad that your kids are here. So all of you just relax right now. If they're running around doing a Jericho march, we're just going to celebrate with them tonight. It's okay. Did every parent hear me? Amen. Wonderful. All the grandparents were like, amen. We love it. We love the signs of life here at our church. So Isaiah chapter 52, listen kid, if you're running around your living room right now, you are okay. If you're watching online, I can't even see you or hear you. But try to keep up with the ones that are in here. Isaiah chapter 52, verse number 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up. He shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him for that which has not been told them they see and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. 
As we look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record the details of the crucifixion of Jesus. They paint the gruesome picture of his flogging. They highlight how Jesus was mocked and stripped and spat upon. They share the story of how his clothes were bet on and the detail, they detail the nails in his hands and his feet as he was on, on the cross. Matthew chapter 27, after all of this has happened, we see the final words as Jesus breathes his last breath in Matthew chapter 27, verse number 46. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. One of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who have fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Verse number 55, there were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body. He wrapped it in clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. He rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. This moment in history is so significant for a number of reasons. It appears to be the end of the story. In verse number 60, it says that there was a great stone rolled across the entrance. And the best way that I can liken that for our culture is this. I've been a part of a number of funerals. And there is nothing like the moment when the casket is closed for the final time. The emotion for the family is just, you can sense it in that room. You can feel it. They know the finality of that moment. They are never going to see the flesh of their loved one ever again once that casket is closed for the last time. And for the disciples and all around, for that stone to be rolled, that, that moment was such a, it, it had finality. There's motion, emotion for that. And so in this moment, after visualizing the horrendous torture of Jesus, the finality of his death is realized. It's over. And sometimes we read these passages and we can think that the people didn't have the same emotions that we have. Or somehow that it didn't hit them the same way. But can I propose to you tonight that they were human beings just like us. They experienced emotion just like we do. His body is carefully cared for and then placed into the tomb. And shut, in the shutting of that tomb marks the end. I can't imagine the pain, the anger, the disillusionment and the love that was experienced in that moment. And each of us who are familiar with this story have the luxury of knowing that it I want to show, your, show you a video tonight about It's Not Over. All right, real quick. Here are four unrelated stories, all with a common bond. First, let's go back to November 20th, 1982. For the 85th time, Cal and Stanford are involved in a heated contest. 
After a wild game, Stanford, led by young John Elway, takes the lead with just four seconds left. The Stanford fans and band are already celebrating, and why shouldn't they? The game is over. One final play begins as Stanford kicks short to Cal. A mad scramble ensues. Laterals follow near tackles, then a blind over-the-shoulder lateral. A mad race to the end zone. Down goes the Stanford trombonist as the touchdown is scored. The unthinkable happens, and Cal wins. As it turns out, it wasn't over. How about this one? Meet the Lilies, Russell and Terry. It's 2001. Their 10-year marriage has been a constant source of frustration. A vicious cycle of selfishness, fighting, and isolation has left them both exhausted, angry, and done. Never mind the vows. Never mind the two young boys. This one is beyond hope. This marriage is over. Following their divorce, Russell becomes a follower of Christ, and Terry begins to notice the transformation taking place in Russell. Hardened hearts soften. The relationship begins to heal. Forgiveness is sought and granted. In 2007, they remarry. The one that became two is now one again. Then there's Raylene Coopersmith. It's January 2008. Ray suffers a cerebral hemorrhage. Declaring her brain dead, the doctors remove her breathing tubes. Knowing that it's over, the hospital releases Ray to her family so she can be taken home to die comfortably. Meanwhile, Ray's family plans her funeral. But someone forgot to tell Ray that it was over. At home, Ray suddenly wakes up. She's checked again by her doctors, who cannot believe that she's still alive, much less alert and healthy. Funeral plans have now turned into vacation plans for Ray and her family. Logically devoid of hope, legally divorced, literally dead, everyone thought it was over. It's not the first time. Flashback almost 2,000 years. A man claiming to be the long-anticipated Messiah is unfairly accused. Offered up to the lying crowds by a Roman official, the supposed Savior is flogged, mocked, tortured, and beaten. He is nailed to a tree and crucified. He dies and is buried. Hopes that he is the Messiah fade away. It is finished. Friends scatter. Disciples hide. Evil celebrates. And for three days, it is over. But on the third day, there's an empty grave. Evil has lost its victory. Death has lost its sting. Suddenly, miraculously, the only thing that is now over is hopelessness. Four stories. One message. It's not over, even when it's over. Those are some powerful stories, powerful stories. And tonight I realized that Good Friday is all about remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, right? It's a somber atmosphere, but we are people who don't have the luxury of forgetting about what happened on Sunday. And I believe that the Lord wants you to hear this tonight, that some of you have come in believing that it's over. You believe that the end of your story has been written. You believe that your dreams will never be realized that your relationships will never be restored, that your bodies won't be healed, and for some of you, that your kids won't be saved. But I believe that Good Friday is a tremendous reminder for all of us that it's not over. It's not over. There's something that he sees that you don't. 
The world wept and mourned, believing it was over, but the whole story wasn't finished yet. And tonight, you're... And it doesn't matter how dire your circumstances are, Good Friday is a reminder that we serve a loving and a powerful God. A God who would sacrifice his own son so that we could have forgiveness of sins and new and eternal life. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13, he says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Listen, when our faith intersects with what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, our past is changed. Jesus' payment was accepted on behalf of our sin. In addition, Good Friday is a reminder that we serve an all-powerful God, a God who's able to bring the dead back to life. On Good Friday, everything changed. I shared the illustration earlier of a casket closing, and I know that for some of you, you're living in a Good Friday moment with the loss of loved ones. But we have to believe, even though our loved one has been buried and is in the ground, it's still not over. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse number 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There's a big if in this passage. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Not everybody's going to be resurrected to heaven. Only those who are followers of Jesus. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through him. And so for those who are in Christ, even when it's over on earth, it's not over for eternity. And Good Friday reminds us that it's not over. Maybe there are some of you who've come tonight or you're watching online and you've not made a commitment to become a follower of Jesus. We've been praying for you. We've been praying that tonight would be the night where you would choose to become a follower of him. I'm not even going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Some of you are like, it's not happening. I'm watching where my kids are going. But in this moment, I want you to reflect. And if you say, Pastor, that's me, tonight I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to ask him to come into my heart for the very first time and forgive me of my sins. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if that's you, I'm going to ask that you would repeat this prayer after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you're not going to be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying tonight. Let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. And this evening I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my king. Be my savior. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this night forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done tonight. If you prayed that prayer, we want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made tonight and the journey that God's going to take you on. So we would ask that you would text the word yes to 319 250 89 
319-250-8998. Text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.